0: Welcome, gentle travellers, uh, to the realm of
1: the Ju-ot. ju This this is ot okay. So get
0: something, right? Ju-ot A! Duot A. Hey. feeling? I awake? Am <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. right,
1: I awake? Bitch yourself. Okay. I love the F- ears point. wiggling. I know. <laughs> so 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 he's so afterlife. cute. Life, not the afterlife. Oh. You'd be surprised what, what? how many intersectional
0: planes of untethered oh. consciousness exist. Yeah. <gasps> like the ancestral plane. Oh, <gasps> just gorgeous. Oh! oh! Shout out to
1: Black Panther.
0: That's so cool. They said this wasn't gonna connect. Right? My mind is racing with everything. Moon Knight is doing such cool world building. Right? I love I this show. I hope that. Oh, that'd be great. Get Boston here. Oh, no! No. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no! no! Oh, no, no, no! Stephen! Oh. Stephen! Flores lava Floor use his body to no talk for back, bro.
1: Bro, come he's on, okay. man.
0: He's okay. Come on,
1: bro. Come on, bro. Oh,
0: he's—it's like Bing Bong and Inside no, Out. No, don't oh, bring no. that up, man. No. Oh no, bing-bong. Take it to the moon for me. No, take it to can't. the moon for me, Mark.
1: No, oh, he's, take he's, it to Kong, Bing No way.
0: Who's the one who laughs and plays? He's sh- <laughs> Oh, no. not the no. big box. Oh. Bang bong, bang bong.
1: Bing bong, ma. I'm oh, Steve. No. This sucks.
0: I can't handle this episode.
1: This end the so season. Sad.
0: Oh, my God. Holy shit. What an episode. What What an episode episode
1: indeed. Holy moly. So much
0: to talk (laughs) about. Whoa. So, welcome back to New Rockstars Moon Knight Episode 5 confirmed our theories that Mark's mental hospital is, in fact, the duo to the Egyptian Mm. underworld, one of many MCU afterlives alongside the ancestral plane. Oh my god. Which. Also, an episode that makes us really pissed off at Mark's mom, Wendy, but also at least a little pissed off at his dad. Yeah. We'll get into that. But this leaves Stephen bing bonging into the oh. sand of the duot while Mark watches the sunrise over a grateful field of reeds. But is Stephen gone forever? If so, God damn it! it. Yeah. Not Steven, uh, no. Not Steven, Latest Gators. Latest This gay-tis. is Inside Marvel. It's our weekly reaction show to Marvel's Moon Knight. I'm Eric Voss. My Easter egg breakdown will be on the channel tomorrow. But today, I am reacting to this episode with MT. MT, thoughts, impressions, feelings, where Bro, you at?
1: This episode was heavy. This was the obviously the heaviest episode of Moon Knight that we've ever gotten, and Huge content warning. I mean, obviously, if you ever see this, if you seen this episode already, you already know the deal. But like, man, if you haven't, content warning for sure, because this is gonna get really yeah. intense. Um,
0: yes, yeah, hard to watch at some point. I mean, not like like cringy bad. This yeah. is like dealing with some heavy uh, issues of child abuse, of, of just uh, triggering psychological breaks. Watching a kid have mm-hmm. to go through, and that's often the case with people who suffer DID. It is a childhood trauma. So for just him. to see this on screen of a kid. Oh, I can't even, like, it was hard for me to watch, uh, for sure. It, it brought back some some painful memories. It, it brought back, not necessarily childhood trauma like this, but just to see a kid have to go through any kind of suffering is really hard. And yeah. uh, and kudos to that uh, young actor who played young Mark Spector. Uh, and kudos to Marvel for going to this place. Yes. Because while not everyone watching this is DID, I think people can relate to childhood trauma in some way. And it's not something you can just bury, unfortunately.
1: Yes, for sure. And also, shout out to Ethan Hawke. Like, he's like... Yeah. ...playing multiple characters. I love how the show allows these these actors to play different characters because, like, he's just, like, in this... Like, I honestly felt like he was an actual caring doctor. I was like, oh, my God, do I hate you less? Like, what's going on here?
0: I love how, like, (laughs) it seems like the game is up at the end of last episode. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, we're now in a mental hospital, but (laughs) Arthur Harrow is still, like... No, we're still going to play the delusion right. game. Like it's, I love the fact that they kept that uh, that room intact because yes. it keeps us guessing about the reality. Exactly. Like we think it's the underworld, but it's like, is it the underworld? <laughs> I thought it was a smart move to structure that inner, uh, that inner reality within the inner reality. Mm. The realm within a realm that keeps the game going just to ha- manifest Mark's inner self-doubt. Uh, And to keep that Jeff Lemire spirit alive, uh, despite the fact that we're in this fantastical plane. Um, All right. Let's let's recap what happened this episode. So, mm. at first we uh, jump from Mark and Steven and Tara White screaming to Mark back, uh, well, at first his mother screaming at him, just mm. to give us a little tease, uh, and we get a sense of the cave in the opening moments. Um, but Mark is now back in Harrow's office with fresh bruises on his face that were not there before, which I thought was interesting. We never see how he got punched in the nose there, how his nose, it looks like it was broken, it was bandaged up and it was bleeding. Um, so, yeah, just implying that there's some other interesting element going on there, We'll talk about that um but even within this duat's realm mark still experiences rifts in consciousness um and goes back to this prison within a prison with harrow and harrow suggests that even uh Tuaret is a delusion but mm-hmm. when mark brings up this boy that he's been seeing that's the moment that mark uh picks up a sharp paperweight that we all warned about mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have sharp <laughs> objects like this lying around in a mental hospital mm-hmm. uh and uh and he gets he gets medicated Um, but i just love that we start here like we yeah there's the screaming there's the other past memories that we start with but like the first real scene is this moment where it's like no we're still second guessing what the nature of this reality is is it the delusions of a mentally ill patient um no i I think by the end of this episode i believe that the duot is a real thing i think it's Mm. a smarter move to do that but i think just the fact that the person who manifested the nature of this afterlife i also love the idea that afterlives are subjective in the yes. such a cool idea that they're going with yes. um the the in this case it's from someone who's suffering did um like that uh, the nature of that afterlife is an is this inner room populated by a subjective uh subconscious projection who continues to make him question even that afterlife mm-hmm. it'd be like if um uh, what's his face? Uh, Eric, Eric Killmonger goes back to his Oakland apartment with his dad. Right. But then in one of the rooms in his apartment was just some like childhood bully who says, yeah, you had to beat me in hoops instead of defending your old man in your house. <laughs> like, how cool would that be?
1: Why couldn't you Horrible. beat me faster?
0: Yeah. Why couldn't you ball good enough? He could have helped <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <back. laughs> so mean why does my mind go to this place of how things can get meaner for the characters I don't want that to be the case that's probably some issue I have to work on anyway um, so we're back with Tawaret and she reveals that this realm is indeed the underworld called the Duat and one of many MCU afterlives she brings up the ancestral plane of Black Panther which I think is is such a great uh, touch point for everyone watching the show because yeah I think a lot of people have seen Black Panther and that is one of the few other times we've seen the afterlife depicted Mm. Uh, and just mentioning that gives us a sense of what we're now watching the right. fact that you know you've mentioned in the past yeah we talked about here the oakland apartment was different than the the savannah meadow with the panther goddesses in the tree um like i think it is different for each person who enters this space and i think right. that's really cool like a cool way of doing it mm. uh, also at least creatively um a uh, door opening in the mcu i can't wait to see what the afterlife looks like for everyone right who goes through something like that's that be dope. we learn that this is all on a ship that is passing through the sands of the duat uh, and the sands uh, represent the permanent afterlife. And Tawarit plucks out their hearts, which are stone. <laughs> I guess.
1: Uh, and then
0: she weighs them on an Anubis scale against the mm. feather of truth. I love that this scale is as it should be. Anubis, not Ahmet, who's holding the scales. Right. Uh, and if they fall, they'll be dragged into the sands where, the, where they'll stay forever. But the scales are having trouble balancing. So Torit says that they have some time to retrace their memories to set their souls right before they reach the end of this voyage. Now inside they find the corpses of all the terrible people that Mark Spector has killed as he worked as uh, Khonshu's Avatar as that warrior um but they also see this boy who's not dead who's just kind of like running around like uh, <laughs> oh, come chase me oh. uh, and then um but steven follows this kid into the memory realizing that this boy is Mark's younger brother Randall aka Roro Ooh. I don't know how you get Roro from um Randall but I love the nickname Roro and, hey, roll, uh, roll, roll
1: your boat, am I right? They're on a boat, so row, row away.
0: That's right. Well, these boys walk from what seems like an inner-city alley barbecue to a random, easily floodable death cave in mm. the middle of a forest, despite this being <laughs> Chicago. Are there flood caves in the middle of Chicago somewhere? Hey. Uh, where were they when Mrs. O'Leary's cow kicked over that lantern? Could have used a bit of extra water then. I'm getting married in in August in Chicago, am I going to have to warn my guests to look out for the flood caves? <laughs> you know, this is what happens. When you
1: let your kids watch the movie Morbius because they want to become Morbius, so they go into the cave and they they one of them dies. Never, don't let your kids I mean, watch the movie
0: Morbius all right i've read enough Plato to understand allegories of caves all the symbolic imagery of caves we see batman there's caves there uh thor went into a cave in age of ultron mm-hmm. and caves i get it's just like the geography of the city of chicago which is clearly a studio backlot with not a whole lot of extras it looks like this show was shot in COVID. But, like, it is outdoors. You, you could have had just a couple cars going there. Just made me question, like, is this version of Chicago meant to be depicted as surreal? Because the Chicago I know does not have random forest caves that are within walking distance that flood that quickly and that easily in the middle of the city. I, I would understand if this were in, like, small town New Hampshire or Maine. If this were dairy and there these were two kids from the Stephen King universe, yeah, I assume they have flood caves <laughs> and dairy. Uh, anyway, I'm overthinking this. I'm sorry. <laughs> so hey, man, you never
1: heard of the Shy town Caves,
0: man? They're everywhere. <laughs> I didn't didn't know. Didn't know they were there. Um, well, Roro cannot Roro himself out of that water. So uh, Mark's mother cruelly blames, cruelly blames mm-hmm. uh, Mark for it. Mm-hmm. Very hard to watch all this stuff. Yes. Uh, and Mark and Steven then arrive at the memory of the dig site where Mark reveals his going AWOL led to him getting discharged when working for his old CEO, Bushman. They brought in Bushman. Bushman's name.
1: Yes, surprise like, to me crazy uh, dude
0: not a good guy uh when they were working as mercenaries uh, Bushman led a gig to raid a tomb where Bushman just suddenly changed their plan midstream killed all the witnesses including Layla's father Mark tried to help them escape but himself got shot crawled to Khonshu's tomb where Khonshu took advantage of Mark's state and convinced him to let him take over Mark's body as his avatar and I love that in this memory they're even calling it out like mm-hmm. Khonshu just let the man die like what? Right? He's taking advantage of you. definitely like, be the preferred route here. Like I love
1: how that that was a callback to that um, the trial episode when Hathor asked Mark, "Do you feel like you being you're being taken advantage of by Khonshu?" Yeah. And we can see cl- very clearly here that Khonshu took advantage of a dying man, which is kind of messed up. He totally
0: did. Totally did. Um, now back on the ship, T'ara reports that up above souls are just plopping down mm-hmm. prematurely, damned in the duot. Meaning, and I love this, Harrow must have totally freed Ammit from that who shopped. He's now using it to just go to town on society. <laughs> I would love to it. see <laughs> what is going on up there. Um, but uh, Tawarit agrees to steer the ship around to the gateway of Osiris so that they can send a message to Layla to free Khonshu to give Mark some healing powers uh, and, I guess, bring him back from the brink of death uh, to, to confront Harrow. Uh, but an argument between Mark and Stevens just uh, triggers Mark Uh, sending him back to Harrow's office, which leads to the dark memory of Mark's childhood bedroom, Mm -hmm. where his mother abuses him. And child abuse, not easy to watch at all. Mm -hmm. This was really, really tough. Uh, And again, we talked about this tough to see anybody get abused like that, especially tough to see a kid get abused like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's important that they show this at least they don't. I'm glad that we didn't actually see it happen. We cut Mm -hmm. to outside the room. Um, but we learn that this is the trauma that led to Mark's DID. And this is how DID will manifest in patients. Uh, extreme trauma. It, alters are often created as a coping mechanism to deal with that trauma, to disassociate from it. Um, and in this case, Mark so wanted to disassociate from this woman being his mother. That concept. He said, "This that's not your mother. That's not your mother. That doing so created this alter uh, with a fully different loving mother. And what a cathartic. Reveal an explanation to why Episode One opened with Stephen calling his mom mm. and signing off with the phrase gaitas." Like that is, uh, it makes Hardcore. me really appreciate Episode One that much more, and mm. uh, and it, it really explains why Twarit is their guide in this afterlife because these guys need a mom. They need for sure. someone like to maternally take care of them and listen to them.
1: Mm-hmm. Like for like in in watching um, what Stephen react to like harrow calling his fake mom it was just so it broke me man because like he at some fun. like in some subconscious level he knew that his mom was dead and that that was so sad so so sad. yeah
0: and that's what we see there in the next scene where steven mm-hmm. finally uh accepts the truth that his mom is dead and i think that was an important arc for him it was hard to see him go through that though to realize his function like what the reason he exists what a thing to realize for someone who thinks that they're a distinct human being Um, without uh, an an altar that they have to share a body with. But now they're in the memory of Mark walking away from his mother, Shiva, and Stephen tells Mark that it was not his fault. They have a a critical moment there where they can hug it out. Uh, But at this point, the ship is nearing Osiris's gate. Their scales are still going back and forth. So those sand forms of Mark's past victims are now crawling out of the desert to try to drag him back into the sand. Stephen fights them off impressively, uh, saying he loves cricket. (laughs) <laughs> and he sacrifices himself, falling into the dunes, no. and Stephen turns into sand. And right at this moment, the scales balance, and Mark mm. is transported immediately, immediately to the field of reeds as the sun rises. And that's where we mm. are left this episode. No post-credit scene. No post-credit scene this this week. So, mm. all right, hopefully next week. I don't know. I don't really care if we have post-credit scenes on this show. I, I feel pretty good at where we're at. Um, yes. But uh, what exactly happens to Stephen now? Is he mm. gone forever? Does Mark still have DID? I mean, if not, the show is really gonna take some liberties with how DID works and we're all gonna feel really weird talking about it, Uh, but where does this leave that mysterious third uh, presence in that sarcophagus? The shaken coffin. But there are a few uh, cool new projects going on at New Rockstars that we wanna wanna let you know about. First, New Rockstars is on Tumblr. So find us continuing the Moon Knight conversation at New Rockstars official on Tumblr. Jessica Clements is actually over there making all kinds of fun content. Yes. Um, Second, we are launching a brand new daily live show starting next Monday, May 2nd. It's called The Break Room. It's going to be live on the New Rockstar's YouTube channel every weekday afternoon. Uh, you will not see MT and I every there because this is going to be live in person at New Rockstar's Burbank office. Right. Uh, MT is in the uh, Massachusetts area. Yes. I am in San Francisco. Um, so it was decided that it would be more fun if everyone was in the same room. I, I agree. Watching the early yeah. test screenings. Uh, Tommy, Jessica, Brandon. A Literally lot of fun the people funniest
1: so- people that you guys will ever meet. Like, go check out the break yeah, room because it- it's so They so- crack me up
0: and then hopefully <laughs> sometimes MT and I may be able to pop in on those shows, yes. um, but it's 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 going to be a really fun format. But if you live in the San Francisco area and you want to get a bit of extra Voss, uh, I'm going to start doing uh, improv shows at the End Games uh, Theater called Stageworks Theater on Valencia Street in the Mission starting May 14th, whatever, the, the second Saturday in May is. Ooh, so Go uh, check it out, I'll be guys. I'll give you some more details on that. It's going to be really fun. The group they, they cast me with are hilarious. Like, yeah. you're going to love them. So, Dude, improv's always uh, the yes.
1: best. If you want to laugh, go to see Eric.
0: But, of course, we all want to remind you to grab yourself a Moon Knight Latest Obsession shirt from NewRockStarsMerch.com. These shirts directly support the channel, and when you buy one at NewRockStarsMerch.com, you will unlock the ability to buy in a custom shout-out that's going to run along the bottom of these Inside Marvel after shows. So Eric says, do you think there might be a chance at a full-blown Kang cameo mm. before or in the final episode. Um, I don't think we'll see a full-blown Kang cameo mm. in the final episode, maybe in a post credit scene. I just don't think we need Kang in this show. We already got the the Easter egg, but...
1: Yeah, I don't think we need Kang, but, like, I think that we will get a Kang popping up and be like, hey, I'm still here. Come check me out in Quantumania. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that from Marvel. <laughs>
0: I mean, we'll see that at some uh, future Marvel property... Just but I think the, the jacket to Rama Tut was enough of an Easter egg right. just to imply that he's part of this yeah. history for me. I'm good with um, that. Um, uh, Kimberly asks Anubis's Ushapti is always center and illuminated in the end credits. Significance, mm. um, Kim, you might be onto something. The fact that Anubis's scales show up now in this episode to play such an important role, maybe we'll actually meet Anubis in the final episode. Likely. And then Devin says, I want Layla's marshmallows. Um, <laughs> yeah, I want them too. I, yeah, they look yummy. Who I never really think of marshmallows as just. Just a random snack food lying around. They get a yeah. little chalky at if they're just sitting out. But um, yeah, I like this show has made me want to grab a. Uh, I'm bag a big
1: fan of marshmallows off. myself, so I want all marshmallows, not just Layla's. Yes.
0: <laughs> Send MT your marshmallows. MT's yes. peat Man. <laughs> all right, MT, what's our uh, big question this week after episode five? Well,
1: Eric, we got to ask, what the fish happens to Steven now? Because I'm not okay. I'm not okay seeing my, my I'm best friend okay turn either. into sand.
0: No, it's, it's hard. Uh, so Tawarid explains earlier in the episode that if the scales do not balance, then you get thrown overboard from the boat and the dead mm. will drag you down in the duat where you will remain forever frozen in sand.
1: Like a real boat.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so that means there are four scale outcomes when you think about it. Too bad, too good. So if the heart is heavier, you get thrown in the sand. If mm. the feather is heavier, you get sent to the reeds. Uh, if the scales balance perfectly, good job. That's enough. That's Reed's. tie goes to the runner. Um, but if the scales never balance, uncertainty, bad. You get sent to the sand. Straight to jail. So that seems to be the stakes of what's happening in this episode and in the final scene with Steven. He sacrifices himself while the scales are still trying to balance and falls into the sand and then himself turns into a frozen sand form of himself. But uh, the scales have not yet balanced. And only after that transformation happens do the scales finally balance. Right. Now, the issue with this that we should talk about is that Steven didn't really deserve, according to, if, if it was just Anubis judging him on his own, Steven didn't get, deserve to get dragged into the sand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, maybe the dunes operate by kind of floor is lava rule, and just by touching it, that's enough to get bing-bonged. Um, but there's also, like timing questions with how this this kind of judgment works because remember amit scales could judge people's souls at any point in their lives and be able to assess the whole of their lives but the right. scales on the deck of the ship are not amit scales they are anubis's scales which uh anubis is the correct purveyor of justice according to egyptian mythology and according to anubis and twaret the judgment has a ticking clock to it she gives mm-hmm. mark and stephen time to try to get their soul straight. And uh, this seems to be Anubis' rules based on the souls dropping from above. Amit, though, is in control at the moment. Mm. So Tawara thought souls were being judged prematurely, but Mark and Stephen uh, might want that kind of premature judgment rule to apply to them in this moment because it would give them a loophole to allow Stephen, perhaps, to get off of that sand and join Mark in the field of reeds. The problem is, uh, I don't think Mark wants to be in the field of reeds. He wants to live. He wants Layla to free conscious uh, so that healing powers pop out those bullets, and then Mark can fight Harrow as Moon Knight in the above world. And based on trailer footage, I think that it's going to happen in the final episode. There's going to be some kind of loophole mm. from the gods. Tarare maybe pleading Mark's case to the Ennead maybe next episode, and they're able to say, uh, you know, Amit sent a lot of people to. So everyone from this point forward, the moment Amit became active again, uh, you're not dead. And that includes your <laughs> students. We'll see.
1: Joe Biden just signed an executive order pardoning everyone from the afterlife.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's possible, though, uh, we're forgetting, we didn't see this person this episode, that third altar in the sarcophagus. I still mm. think it's Jake Lockley. It's gotta be and Jake. And I think Jake Lockley could still be present somewhere in Mark's physical body, mm. has not been sent to the sand or to the field of reason, is still there in the mental hospital. And I think Jake could take the wheel for the final episode as Khonshu's warrior. The problem is, is it's going to make us spend that chunk of the final battle with a character we have not yet met yet. Right. we don't know what Jake Lockley's like. Mm. Are we going to accept a new character just in the final uh, scenes? Or is it going to feel like, oh, actually, you were there with us the whole time. And I am ready to see this guy fight. Especially if he is a boxer. Especially if that's why... Um, Mark's nose is broken. Is maybe Stephen mm. got in a fight? Because that looks like a boxer wound, doesn't it? In that opening scene. Oh yeah, for um, sure.
1: Like that he looks like he, yeah. he got decked pretty damn hard. And I hope that, like yeah. you know, in the comics, in the in the Jeff Lemire comics, there is a lot of like um, you know, uh, patient abuse on the part of these two jerks um, that worked on this mental hospital. So like, I wonder if that we were seeing the same thing here with Harrow's people. I forget their names. Billy and Billy and Bobby. Is that right? Bobby. Yeah. Yeah, Billy yeah. and Bobby. Um, and,
0: punching, um, Mark. yeah and i think that much was implied right Mm -hmm. like that you know harrow was like you're starting random fights we saw them get uh they you know medicated him uh they sedated him and then harrow later gaslighted the market said oh that never happened like so i think there's evidence here that they are hurting these patients and then just Mm. lying about it well let's talk about steven so uh is he gone forever well Mm. i don't think steven is necessarily gone forever just because those sand souls Uh, first off, that were attacking them were also damned, but they were still walking around. So maybe Steven could live on as a sand person and just kind of move around those dunes as a lava monster dragging other people down into the pit. (laughs) I don't know about that. But um, if Mark can get released from the field of reeds, Steven could get released from the dunes. I think that's going to be the simple way that they approach this, is that some of this stuff can get reversed yeah. Um, but the show might also be saying, and this is not me saying I want this interpretation to be true, but the show could be saying that Mark achieving peace with the Stephen altar and finally accepting that Roro's death was not his fault is his way of getting over his need for the Stephen altar. And Stephen might disappear from his subconscious at that point. Mm. I don't know about that. Cause I think the implication might be that Mark's scales might be balanced because Stephen was now finally out of the picture. Like mm. on, the scales only balanced Right after Stephen hit the sand, right, right, so the implication, at least based off of like the recency bias, would tell you that that is why they balanced now, I don't know if that's the best way to show how d i d works, and the show has otherwise been pretty good so far um, but again, based on the rattling of that sarcophagus, there is still another alter inside Mark. Oscar Isaac confirmed that there are more than two, so I think it's not like his d i d is cured uh some. And then what also we should point out some other trauma might've created that altar. Right. Some other trauma that we didn't see in this episode. It seemed like this episode covered our basis of everything bad that happened to Mark, but maybe something else happened that in in some history chapter that we didn't see yet that led to Mark creating this third altar. That's now in the sarcophagus.
1: I mean, it makes sense because like, you know, Mark has this really dangerous line of work and he's a mercenary. And so like, I'm sure he's going to deal with his fair share of traumatic events. So, like, I can see this Jake Lockley persona, or his altar rather, um, manifesting at some point during his very dangerous
0: career. Yeah. Ultimately, here's what I hope for the final episode. I hope that Jake, uh, the Jake Alter, is able to reconnect with Khonshu. And then the warrior we see fight is really the best fighter of these three, is Jake. Um, and that Amit overpopulating the duot with <laughs> It's... it's It's raining evil men. Uh, I would hope that that is enough of... like If that could convince Tawara to turn the ship around, that might be enough to uh, convince the INEAD to erase all the test scores, essentially. And that this series might end with Mark and Steven and Jake all living peacefully together, not blocking each other out. So I don't think... I don't want the show to say, this is how you cure DID, mm. get a superhero, go to the Egyptian underworld. Like I, I don't, <laughs> and by the way, I don't think the show is saying that yeah. I think at the end of the day, all three of these altars need to like coexist and continue to live, uh, but not block each other out. I think that's going to be the arc of the characters that they learn to cooperate uh, and kind of cohabitate in this space.
1: You know, for sure. I think that, you know, the whole, the idea of balance was a core part of this episode. And like, you know, with, and like you said, with Steven, Come going off of the ship and like sort of like taking his heart out of the out of the equation. The scales were balanced because it's like all right. The whole idea was for you to one hundred percent know yourself, and now that Stephen is now sand, you technically now one hundred percent know yourself. So congratulations, yeah. welcome to the field of reeds. Um. So yeah, right. I think that that is um going to be a huge part of what potentially gets Mark out of the afterlife or out of the field of reeds is because we do have that sarcophagus that is shaking. Um, and so, like, if that sarcophagus were to come out, then technically he's no longer balanced. So wherever Tawara is on her on her way back, they're going to probably pop back and be like, hey, I'm back because I'm no longer fully balanced because, like, I don't fully understand myself because of this mysterious persona.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, Tawarit seemed completely caught off guard by having to judge someone with DID. Like, she, right. her script said, welcome, weary traveler. And she had to correct herself. Oh, travelers, I guess, in this instance. So, and she said it'd even been a while since someone had gone through, which is, which is interesting. Does that mean, like, not, like, in this case, Mark's afterlife takes the form of the Egyptian underworld, and by it's been a while, it means that only people who are real believers of this form of the afterlife actually did this version of it? Everyone else has has been having different afterlife, like... Someone had a Metallica-themed afterlife. Someone had a <laughs> Power Rangers-themed afterlife. No one has had an Egyptian mythology-themed I'm going to have a Power
1: right Rangers-themed afterlife. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. But no, that, that is a really good point, because we learned in our previous episode that, like, the gods left because everyone abandoned worship of the gods. So, like, it does make sense... Yeah for, you know, Tawara to be like, all right, no one really comes by here. Like, because people haven't really, like, dedicated their lives to Egyptian mythology like you, <laughs> Stephen. So, mm-hmm. hey, <laughs> thanks for coming by.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think, ultimately, uh, Stephen is not permanently sand. Mm. Uh, I would be surprised if they just left him there. He's been such a uh, a wonderful character to spend this time with. I think this series will end with him back in Mark's body. Uh, yes. Back in Steven's body I I'm hope not so. going to say who truly owns it um, So uh, and I think there's plenty of ways The show can kind of uh, alter the rules Especially if right now the reason Steven is there is because someone Really altered the rules And mm. and like cheating is happening left and right uh, Arthur Harrow using Amit to just Plump people down in, in there <laughs> Someone's got to make a move here mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't trust the Eniad to do it But maybe Tawarit can I think Tawarit will be her champion Tawarit working with Jake Lockley they're going to be the ones we get posters for uh, yes. at the end of the show.
1: I want Tawara to have an avatar on Earth because I want to see her more.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, please. Cut. That was so great. Tawara needs to be a permanent fixture in the MCU. 100%. Yes. All right, a lot of questions coming out of this episode. We'll talk about more of them, but first, we want to thank Helix Sleep for sponsoring this episode. Even if you have magical armor that appears out of nowhere to help you fight crime, you still need a good night's sleep on a mattress made just for you. Our friends at Helix Mattress are here to make sure you have that. Helix Sleep is a quiz that matches your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus size sleepers. Both MT and I have mattresses, and we love them. We're getting great sleep. So the mattress ships right to your door for free. No need to go to a mattress store. Just go to HelixSleep.com/InsideMarvel, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get it try it out for 100 nights, risk-free. But they'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. But you're gonna love it. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders, and two free pillows for our listeners at HelixSleep.com/InsideMarvel. We also want to thank Upstart for sponsoring this episode. We've all been hit by an unexpected expense or a bill. In times like that, it's normal to not know where to turn. Luckily, Upstart is here to help. Upstart-powered personal loans can help you pay down high-interest debt. All online with simple, easy-to-understand payment terms. Upstart has helped over 1.8 million customers on their path to financial freedom. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high-interest debt, or funding personal expenses, Upstart can help you get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Rather than looking at your credit score alone, Upstart's model considers other factors like your income, your employment, and other information provided in your loan application to find you a smarter rate for your loan. Check your rate in minutes for loans between $1,000 and $50,000 without impacting your credit score. You can even receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting the loan. Don't wait and check your rate today at upstart.com marvel. That's upstart.com marvel to check your rate today. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, your income, certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com marvel. And we want to thank Masterclass for sponsoring this episode. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn how to sing from Christina Aguilera, improve your cooking skills from Thomas Keller, or learn to DJ from Questlove. With over 100 classes from a range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. Masterclass has a ton of great courses for film and TV nerds like us. I really enjoy the Danny Elfman class on composing. Elfman has done a cunt. Altman has done a ton of iconic scores, including the uh, Tim Burton movies, Men in Black, Sam Raimi* Spider-Man, one and two, Spider-Man No Way Home, the upcoming Doctor Strange and the *Multiverse of madness. He talks about how he started, uh, he always starts to score from one or two of the most important moments in the movie and then works his way out from there. There are great classes from Warner Herzog, Helen Mirren, James Cameron, Spike Lee. All the masterclasses are shot and edited more like TV shows instead of boring lectures. They're engaging and easy to watch. I highly recommend you check it out. Get unlimited access to every masterclass. I highly recommend you check it out. Get unlimited access to every masterclass and the inside Marvel audience can get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com marvel now. That's masterclass.com marvel for 15% off masterclass. All right, MT, I want to ask you, what is currently happening on the surface world? Is Amit eating everyone? Is there a giant crocodile hippo lion <laughs> that's going around eating souls? I, I hope
1: so. I hope it's like the end of the Suicide Squad where just a giant crocodile be like ah oh, time to eat ah. everyone <laughs> <laughs> why did you think I was a good guy Harold? obviously <laughs> people just screaming the hell
0: is going on?
1: it's just King K. Rool from the Donkey Kong series <laughs> Gangplay is just <laughs> blasting in the background. Da, 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 um, but no, um <laughs> but no, um I think that what's yeah what's happening in like in the surface must be pretty bad because all these souls are plopping down into this underworld, this afterlife. So like you know I think that the implication here is that Harrow has the power, the full power of Amit. Because he we, he only had a sliver before, and now he somehow accessed this full power of I, I think Amit in, in quotation marks, because something Fishy is going on here, especially considering that Anubis, like you said, is primarily on the scales rather than Amit. Like, I think that Anubis or some Anubis affiliated entity is messing with Harrow and wants more dead people in the afterworld. <laughs> um, because like oh. maybe he's like lonely or like he wants more power or something, but something's going on where Harrow is getting played. I don't think that Amit is the one. Fully doing this. I think Ahmed is the one getting blamed yeah. for it.
0: Interesting. I think Ahmed is true. I think Ahmed's just a little stinker of the bunch. Mm-hmm. I think Anubis is <laughs> a <real> neutral. Stinker. <laughs> um that'd be an, an interesting take, MT. I mm-hmm. like so far, I think Anubis is just we've only seen the statue of Anubis doing it. Um mm-hmm. like it's arguable maybe Osiris or the surviving members of the Idead right. have been up to something. Um, I just, uh, I think as far as Anubis is concerned, it Mm -hmm. really is a truly impartial judge. I would love to meet Anubis next episode to see what, what they think. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, up, upstairs, it's gotta be nuts because current, Mm -hmm. like in the past, Arthur Harrow would judge people just with this like slow process of using uh, his cane one by one for each person. Mm -hmm. And that cane possesses just a shred. It's just, it was almost like a promise every time we saw this crocodile heads, like it's just a pro like. It's a promise of what will be to come when Amit gets released. Mm. And I think, I mean, what's it gonna, is it gonna be Ethan Hawk writing like in the <laughs> Never Ending Story? Yeah! yeah! <laughs> Eat him, Amit! that one's evil! Eat him! <laughs> Woo-hoo! Like Boba Fett riding the rancor at the end of that episode. I yeah! love that. <laughs> Woo-hoo! The happy
1: nom nom I nom, be- nom, <laughs> nom <laughs> heroines, Yeah! <laughs> While well, like all um, of his followers that loved her were like, Hero, what are you doing? It's like, ha ah, gotcha. Kill them next.
0: <laughs> I mean, if not that, it's what is going on? He's just like having people who they thought were evil line up in, in train stations and like, okay, you next. Okay, now you next. They the were elderly. getting people fast. The rate at people falling from the sky into the duot was pretty quick. Was they were lot. making Short work of yes. uh, sending all those people to the underworld. So I'm just saying, yeah. there's some crazy shit happening some on the Terrible surface.
1: things happening. Maybe Mark wants to stay dead because I don't want to go back to that. It looks very scary. Yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, it's like when the volunteers enter the swamp. Are you, friend? Are you hear me, friend? You gator bait. Gator <laughs> bait.
1: <laughs> Hashtag gator bait. Uh, but no, I think that, I, honestly, like, and you mentioned Osiris. I think that Osiris could actually, hold on, I'm, I'm like crying because of both laughing so hard. Um, uh, but it, no, I think that Osiris could actually be, like, behind this as well, because, like, we know that from Tawarit that Osiris' portal was the only one that she could use. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Something fishy with Osiris. I don't know.
0: I I think Tawar. I think, uh, you're right, Tawarit is right. I don't think Osiris is the, like, mastermind. I think he's just, like, he's mm-hmm. no good. I think the members of the Ennead have done mm-hmm. some shit. Um, I don't think he's, like, the mastermind. I just think it is Ahmet. I think there's mm-hmm. enough... For me to believe that it is just Amit who's been, uh, the way that Kancha manipulated Mark. I think Amit is enough of just like (laughs) a militant threat, (laughs) an objective evil that's doing all this. Um, But uh, let's talk about Harrow's office Mm. in the Duat ship. I thought this is an interesting structural choice to continue. Is this show ever going to give us an objective answer on Mm. what the reality is? Or is this just going to be a theme of the show where we're always just kind of interpreting what reality is?
1: I think that, you know, in the case of Harrow's uh, office, I think that is um, entirely a, a construct because like, like we said, like Tawara had established, like it's all just sort of just like all in within Mark's mind and how he manifests the duat, which is an, an impossible to grasp um, mm-hmm. concept. So I think that by episode, the, by the finale, like it'll be definitively like, all right, this is what real Harrow is doing. Um, real hero was definitely not a doesn't have a phd and like this was all made up so i think that that, yeah, that,
0: that diploma wasn't even signed i didn't see a university <laughs> listed on that diploma it was just like you literally printed one off from the internet that just says hey when your kid wasn't uh you know independent diligent enough to get his uh, college diploma you print this off you print you this out you put, on, you put it on in your office yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah, I, I I think that it's going to be definitively like, all right, this was all within Mark's mind. And it was a nice little homage to uh, Jeff Lemire's amazing run of Moon Knight.
0: Yeah, really, really great run. And I think the, uh, I like it better this way. I, I, there will always be hot takes that say everything yeah. that happened in the show was in Mark's mind. And I think that that's fair and valid to interpret it that way, especially with how Moon Knight comics are. I think in this case, in this show, everything that happened on this show, including the duo, Mm -hmm. Uh, This voyage to the duo is real It it happened to this character Um, And uh, The point is that he is meant to Doubt it uh, because that is How his mental illness makes him Interpret this world Right Um, I just think it's cool. I thought this was really well done. I think this episode, last episode, this whole series has been really, really This episode
1: is my favorite episode of the bunch so far because like, just because of the emotional impact it had, it was so good.
0: And I'll say that like, it's so well done that unlike some of the other Disney Plus shows, going into the finale, I'm good. Like, I don't, I don't need some big cameo to happen. I don't need Mm. some big revelation to happen. I feel like I know what I need to know and Mm. I'm good. Like, uh, like I don't need any kind of big twist or, or connection to anything. It's, it's answered all my questions at this point. And right. now I just need to see it resolved, which I think is yep. where you should be heading into a finale.
1: Yeah, random um, like questions. Like, do you think Ahmet, like if she is real, will take the form of Mark's mother? Like sort of like to have this like, oh, that'd thing, be it's, cool. like no, that would be would I would love would love that if he just got to, a got a chance, just of a like, hey, mom, a the worst. Um, even though don't <laughs> punch women and don't punch your mom. But like, you know, if a was a God impersonating your mom, in The God of Evil, feel free to punch your fake mom. Now
0: you're really talking about Suicide Squad right now, where Dot Man sees uh, exactly. sees his mom. So I don't true. think we're going to be looking at that. I don't think they're going to have this woman come back and, like, uh, savagely kill lots of people, and that's going to be the form it takes. But I could see maybe Mark having to reconfront uh, some mm. vision of his mother again, because mm. she is in that mental hospital, which I just think is such a cruel thing for a trauma victim to have to go through, like, You'd think that that person dying would just be the end of it, but no, to have to see their spectral presence. Her last mm. name is Spectre, just like yours is. Hey, yeah, yeah. But speaking of that mental hospital, the third altar in the sarcophagus, mm. if we assume it, it is another altar in there, um, what trauma in Mark's mm. life, or even Stephen's life, do you think could have created, if that is a Jake Lockley altar, what led to that creation? What, could it have been Stephen? And Mark didn't really realize that Jake is there, but Steven might've created that altar. I love
1: the idea that Steven created this altar because like, it's sort of inferred that this altar tends to come out when, you know, Steven and Mark are in the most danger. And like, this seems to be like the 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 defense sort of um, altar um, where like, you know, he's not like, I, I want to like punch everyone just for fun. It's like, I come out when my host needs me the most, like to, to really defend him because like, I am the one that fights the best. Like I am the fighter. Alter, and so um i think that like like i was alluding to before because mark has this mercenary past, and because like he has he does a lot of like killing and dealing with people i think that there's a stronger altar within him that comes out during those really intense moments of that mark gets overwhelmed it's like all right maybe i can't do this and jake's like don't worry i got this like i i, I know how to do this and so um yeah i think that maybe the trauma of just like his just terrible terrible life of being a mercenary Probably created um this this Jake Lockley alter yeah. as adults, but it, what do you think?
0: It seemed, Mark had some interesting lines about his life as a mercenary. He's like he even seemed to uh, be forgetful of like he's like oh Gabon, like he remembered right. the places New York where he killed some of these people, but it seemed like even he was having a spotty memory. And he had this interesting line of the uh, the healing is a curse, mm. like he, like the desensitization mm. to killing all these people. Was was a curse in and of itself. So it seems like, yeah, absolutely, Bucky Jake vibes, might have sure. been created in order to help himself get through taking all these lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just curious. Like, I assume Jake is going to show up. What's he? Is he just going to be Rocky Balboa? Like, what is he going to sound like? <laughs> hey, uh,
1: He's probably going to have a really thick New York accent, which I hope that he does. I that would be really great. Yeah. Because um, like he I mean, did the fact men-
0: that he spent time in New York, that was confirmed. Mm-hmm. He said New York. It's mm-hmm. like okay, then I assume that's where Jake.
1: Yeah, like we're definitely gonna see the New York guy again in some type of Jake Lockley flashback be like, I killed you <laughs> Gotcha,
0: you know, I guess Mark manifested Steven uh, Just in his Chicago home. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be where you are is the voice that you end up having right. That British accent was just pulled out of you know, wherever um, So I can't wait to see this final battle. I assume that sarcophagus is literally like the bullpen like, let me have let, let me, me, have, me let me, me. me out. <laughs> 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 I got got um, shot. I don't right. like that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's end this episode with just some uh, wild hot takes for the finale mm. predictions. Um so for the finale, I'm gonna come out and say, I don't think Kang is gonna show up in this show. Um, I don't think we need Kang in this show. I think maybe yep. in a post-credit scene to reveal yeah. him as Ramatut would be fun, but I don't I don't need Jonathan Majors to step out and help in this battle right now.
1: Yeah, I think that at the at the most we might get like a uh, you know an illusion or like our statue and be like, "Oh yeah, that was Ramatut." This blah 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 and Stephen's going to be like, "Yeah, that was him." And like he's probably coming up later in another Marvel movie. Um but like that's probably the most that we'll get cuz like we did get that that um symbol behind that on that jacket. So like I think that we mm-hmm. might get some type of allusion towards Ramatut's um influence to, to Egyptian That'd society. Cool. Um but in terms of the finale, I think that uh, Polka Dot Man's mom is going to be <laughs> killing all these people but uh, he wakes up. No, I think that, you know, whoever is truly behind this is has completely taken over or, or is completely just running amok and like at this pyramid and is just taking lives. I think that like this, wherever they are, is like really not great right now. Like there's probably like a, a huge beam in the sky like there is in every superhero movie. And just be like, all right, here comes death. And so Mark and uh, Layla, because this is the final episode, this is sort of just like, all right, we have to save the day um, in this tomb. um, And so, yeah, I think that, you know, it's just episode six is just going to be them just stopping Amit entirely.
0: <laughs> I mean, can we just take a moment to uh, pour one out for the poor street level folks of the MCU who have had to deal with dusting, who have had to deal with celestial mm-hmm. cresting, who now have to deal with... A giant crocodile thing eating <laughs> the kind of bad ones, eating their grandmas?
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: they they gotta just be like, all right, just end it. Just get back. Seriously. If you're a therapist witch, in the
1: MCU, you're serious. eating good right now. You are you got some you got business. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, do we think there's gonna be any kind of multiverse mention? Uh any mm. kind of connection to multiverse of Mad- I mean, the finale will happen as multiverse of madness is coming out. Is that mm. timing coincidence? Is it just whatever
1: i think that there there will be a connection to multiverse of madness like in particular because like when when first notices all these souls coming down i noticed that she says fear has taken over the real world and i was like hmm fear because like i have this weird idea that like the fear lords of the marvel comics like your your despair all your your dark your nightmares Mm. will will factor into um this next phase of the mcu so like i think that maybe what we could be seeing is that a lot of these souls could be like from multiverse of madness like who knows like this could be like the dark souls that were being killed from the the events of dr strange so um you know i think it'd be very interesting to see like that crossover there where like all the fear lords come back it's like ah he helped us all the dark people from the universe come back thank you harrow you dumb idiots and uh you just made another doorway for for dark people to come through so I don't know, but that's just me. What, what do you think?
0: I think any time that you pray for, like, a crazy Marvel lore cameo to come in, you want it to at least be grounded in the themes of the show. So Kang right. made, or he remains, made perfect sense for Loki. Mm-hmm. Because it's a show about timelines. It's a show about destiny. It's a show about fate. Uh, and Kang is a perfect embodiment of those themes. Right. So with this show, the show is so much about, like, you know, uh, morality mm-hmm. and identity and uh, the judgment of one's soul like every episode has touched on that theme this episode is uh, central about that balance Mm. so the fact that this Doctor Strange promo just came out showing the Living Tribunal Mm. showing up in, in Multiverse of Madness like And the the Living Tribunal showed up in another form in the Void in Loki. I think Mm. it could be cool to just imply that there is some kind of uh, cosmic hierarchy to the legal structure in the MCU, that the Ennead is responsible to the Living Tribunal in some way. Mm. Uh, So I assume that some part of the finale is going to deal with uh, Tawara, Osiris debating in the Ennead floor. So it'd be great if there could be some implication of there being a chief justice that they should take this to. And that answer to that question could at least just be pre- presented in the background detail of that cameo in Multiverse of Madness. Bro. I love the Living Tribunal as a yes. cosmic entity. I've been wanting to see them appear in some form ever since mm. Infinity War. So uh, I think this could be a, a great tie-in here. Bro, I love... if it love, doesn't appear, I get it.
1: I love that idea so much. Because, like, you're so right. Because they did appear in that trailer. But also, the Living Tribunal as an entity sort of... You know, I don't want to say he has DID, but, like, he has three faces, and he has three different sure. personalities, so I think it'd be a great, yeah. great inclusion for this show, for this tri- like this tribunal, like the ultimate judge, to be like, "All right, Mark's all right. <laughs> he can leave. <laughs> he can right. leave the afterworld. <laughs> He's all right with me." Because like I sort of relate to him, on a, on a, on a level,
0: <laughs> right? It can be argued that only the living tribunal is uniquely positioned to understand mm-hmm. what Mark is going through. Mm-hmm. Um, like the numbers are there, the parallels are there. It'd be cool. It'd be cool to see that. I would, I would dig that's it a gonna lot. Be the, my reach. That's my reach pitch for where Bro, the finale comes I out.
1: like that reach uh, pitch a lot. I like it. All
0: right, we'll leave it there for this episode of Inside Marvel. Again, our Easter egg breakdown is going to come out to the channel tomorrow, not today. We need some time to digest it. But later today, you will see my breakdown of uh, the Living Tribunal cameo and the Doctor Strange footage. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of cool new shots from that Doctor Strange promo drops. So uh, don't forget to check out our many great merch options at NewRockStarsMerch.com. Follow me at EAVoz, follow MT mastertainment Entertainment. Subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for watching. Late Escape as
1: gay oh man it's a lot more sad this episode but yeah gators. it
0: doesn't <laughs> feel as good to say <laughs>